The Guardian. I'm Stephen Brook and this is Media Talk. Coming up... Hello, I'm Kate Walsh. And I'm Matt Johnson. And welcome to the first ever OK TV. It's very exciting. Very, very exciting. Sure, it's exciting, but is it any good? We give our verdict on OK TV and the relaunch of Channel 5. Also in the podcast... That's very soft, very yummy, and it's a lot lighter than it looks. It's bordering on being like a souffle. MasterChef returns with a new menu and a slightly different format. Plus, how well do you know your magazines? We'll be playing the great circulation game. As easy as ABC. And this. Easy crew? Nah, worry. We're gonna spread the word that some rare cheese has been found. But the digger, nah, gonna get our paws on it. The Mums Net Massive have their sights set on Rastamouse. This is Media Talk from The Guardian. Hello everyone, I'll be your charming host this week. And where is Matt Wells? Well, don't worry, it's nothing fatal. He's recovering at home from an incident that he describes as, quote, simultaneously middle-aged, middle-class, and mildly pretentious. I'm afraid that's all the details we can share on this family podcast, but rumour has it that Matt was found rolling around the floor of the Shoreditch House Gymnasium. I hope all of you at home will join me in wishing Matt a speedy recovery from his knee injury. Anyway, enough of that. Joining me in the pod this week are a couple of supple young things media journalist Maggie Brown, and the managing director of Kids Co TV, Paul Robinson. I go to a much less trendy gym than Matt, clearly. Well, a pleasure to see you both. I was going to ask you about your exercise-related injuries, Paul, because I kind of think I've figured out your sport of choice, but I don't want to say it unless you're insulted. Drinking? Uh, I I thought actually (laughs) racquetball. Uh, I've no idea what racquetball is. No, I can. I do a little bit of uh, running in the gym. Okay, that's no, it. That's fair enough. That yes. sounds quite sensible. And Maggie, how's your health? Have you ever my s- health is fine. I, I simply take my my my, I, my dog takes me for a walk every day for an hour around the park and pulls me all over the place. And uh, I occasionally do a little bit of running and throwing balls. And it's amazing what it does for you. Right. Okay. Well, listen. Most of the show is going to be about television, so we'll start with Channel Five. Britain's least loved terrestrial channel celebrated its relaunch with the debut outing for OKTV. The show is a spin-off from owner Richard Desmond's celeb magazine and it was due to be presented by Denise Van Outen. She pulled out at the last minute, leaving Kate Walsh to play the role of the attractive blonde next to the equally attractive Matt Johnson. More on that in a minute, but first here's a taster of their hard-hitting interview with the famously media-shy Louis Walsh. You recently got away from it all with a relaxing holiday. I must compliment you on your suntan. A Did little bit. Did you go bit. somewhere nice? I always go to Miami. I go to Miami maybe once or twice a year. South Beach? Is that yeah, the trendy yeah, area with the... Yeah. Get your rollerblades on? Well, I don't do rollerblades or swimming or anything. I just go for a holiday and to get away from it all. You're, you're a relaxer then? You're totally the relaxed. A couple of beers, cocktails, whatever? Watch TV, read a lot, listen to music, go to movies. No emails? No working on your Blackberry yeah, at all? Yeah, I check. I'm, I'm addicted to my phone. I yeah. have my phone with me everywhere I go. Mm, I feel a little bit lost without mine. I like yeah. to have it stuck to well, me. I want to know what's happening. I'm afraid I'm missing anything in the music business or celebrity business or X Factor or American Idol, whatever it's going to be. Well, The Guardian called it colossally vapid and a remedial level one show, but the Daily Star and Daily Express liked it, of course. They're owned by Desmond. And it got 400,000 viewers and a 2.1 audience share, 
better than the show it replaced, although it did lose a third of its audience by the second show. Maggie, I'm sure you were watching. Does this show do the job that Channel 5 needs it to do? Yes, it does. Actually, I, I disagree with The Guardian's uh, TV critic. I think it's actually quite uh, promising. There is definitely a slot uh, available for some pure showbiz type of programme. Um, I think the key thing with this is that they've got the presenters right. I mean, I think it's very good that Janice Van Outen is not on the show. I don't know what happened between her and Desmond, but the, the chemistry between Kate Walsh and Matt Johnson, the uh, the Welsh, very Welsh uh, presenter, is, is is, is, is really good and okay th- there are okay moments in it but uh, there are also some quite I think quite professionally produced uh, bits and pieces and some good showbiz reporting I mean they went to the Elle Awards for example uh, it's actually quite a good idea and then they went to the to the Brit Awards uh, and they had um, you know Boy George on last night who was I thought a pretty good interviewee. Certainly, yeah. it, it, and it managed Patsy to. As well. And Patsy Kensett the night before. Yes. Um, so they're so, getting the right people. Well, they are, and I mean, they also are produced by uh, Sky News, who are actually a very adaptable, aggressive, and um, capable team. So this is only the first week, but if you've actually got your presenters right and a sense of chemistry, then you've got a lot going for you. Because Paul, I think the presenters on the previous show, the live at Studio Five, were perhaps seen by some as not being part of the right mix. Well, that show was a bit weak, wasn't it, really? To be honest, they need to do something with it. And I think this has got a way to go. I think, I think Maggie's broadly right. Um, there's definitely a gap for a really strong entertainment strand. I mean, you know, look at um, a network like E, the global um, cable franchise. It's superbly successful, and it's basically 24-7 showbiz and entertainment. I mean, you know, having Louis Walsh talking about his holiday, frankly, is a bit lame. So in terms of content, they're going to have to up it a gear. And I must say, if you look at... Um, I actually picked up OK Magazine today. I haven't seen it for ages, and I had a quick flip through. And there's a lot more in OK Magazine there actually is on the TV show at the yeah. moment but it is a brand um, it's a brand people know and that will d- draw people in as long as the content is good enough I suggest they got a good audience first night because of the OK brand and well, it is a start at least of Channel 5 trying to stand for something well this is it isn't it what is the Channel 5 identity going to be what's Jeff Ford going to do with the channel he was there at the beginning and then went away to 4 and yeah. is now back but they need to brand themselves and give themselves a sort of sense of purpose and uh, presumably entertainment, Maggie, is going to be it. Well, it's it's very difficult because it's veered, you know, right, left, right, left, young, old, down market, whoever watches, lots and lots of acquisitions. That's what really Jeff Ford, the, the, the director of programming, stands for at uh, Five. He's done some very smart deals and, of course, he was helped by the firepower of the previous owners, RTL. This show and the segment that goes up to half past seven or maybe eight o'clock, because the, the early part of the half of the week uh, is clearly aimed at women viewers, female viewers, and they've also relaunched the news with actually um, a quite interesting method of doing it with stories that are, again, human interest near the top, but done pretty well. And that's what that clear aim is. And when you think about it, the challenge is surely that Channel 4 runs Hollyoaks at 6.30, which is youth-oriented but has had a lot of problems and has had a huge recasting. Then it goes into a very serious Channel 4 news at 7 o'clock, which is itself going through a huge uh, internal change. And it's very male. Very well. They're being told to focus more on social issues and on Britain rather than uh, foreign policy. they won't be happy with that. Well, that's what's going on. Those are the people that they're recruiting a social affairs editor etc etc arts culture get out around the country look at all the things like closures of libraries etc that are getting people very upset Uh, so channel five does have an opportunity in that hour to strike out for younger female 
uh, housewives, casual viewers, teenage girls, fashion-mad people. The, I mean, the other point is, remember, product placement is coming in now. Uh, now, I know it's difficult because uh, some of these shows are, are classified as current affairs, but it does open up many opportunities to, you know, every person at, at the Elle fashion show was asked, um, well, which designer are you wearing? Yeah, you know, and Elle would have been f- flattered by the coverage exactly. it got. Because there are these kind of events, Paul, that are on in London night after night, loads of celebrities attending it. Uh, you do think they should be able to get some kind of content out of that? Sure. We're in the celebrity capital possibly of the world, certainly of Europe. There's no question about that. So there should be lots of coverage. And I think strategically there's another point and that is that Maggie's quite right. I mean, Jeff Ford's been brilliant at acquiring smartly and at good prices. But whenever you do that, you are at the vagaries of the market. All it needs is someone else to outbid you and, you know, you can't get the show. And if you're always just buying stuff from the market, you know, you're, you're, you're at risk the whole time because you've got nothing of your own. If you can start creating original production like this and you can send crews out and you can start creating your own magazine programming not only do you actually stand for something but also you actually own it and then you can also uh, monetize that via you know ipads and smartphones and so on so it's definitely the right strategy they need to find a few more things this is one good i think one good plank they've got to get it right then what's the next one what's the next one but they've got to stand for something and i think maggie's right about the target audience well actually sorry one final point which is this was all meant to be spearheaded by uh, denise van until she was gone in 60 seconds and I think Paul a question for you uh, this is uh, you know this is Desmond and his talent management or lack of it and he's in a whole new different ball game isn't he he can't boss around TV talent or interact with them in the same way that he treats his newspaper hacks. Yeah, I mean, the way he handles his management team is is legendary, although people do seem to be very loyal to Richard Desmond. I mean, his key lieutenants have been with him a long time and actually seem to be very loyal. I'm not sure whether Richard Desmond personally is responsible for managing Denise Van Outen. I hope he's smart enough, and I'm sure he is smart enough, to realise he's got to put good managers in place to look after the talent. He well, can't the story do it was that she walked after spending the morning with him. I mean, we don't really know what happened, but she was, you know, all lined up to be the front of it and now suddenly she's gone ironically I don't think it matters I think actually the talent they've got is very good but as a general point clearly you know if he's at risk of uh, annoying the talent then he should maybe leave that to his managers okay be seen but not heard or not not seen at all okay look we'll leave it there there's tons more about channel 5 at mediaguardian.co.uk Time to take a look around some of the other headlines from Media Land, and it's fair to say it's been a quiet week. But let's have a quick word about Talk Sport. Well, Richard Keyes and Andy Gray have made their debut on Talk Sport, and callers are still being kept well away. Paul Robinson, you're a former MD of Talk Sport or its previous incarnation. What did you make of their appointment? Was that a smart move? It was a very smart move, and I think it was very smart doing it so quickly too. So while there was all the brouhaha going on, TalkSport were able to come in and say, we've signed these guys, and literally seven days afterwards, they're on air live. Very, very smart indeed. It's not actually Andy Gray's debut on the station. He actually debuted on the station in uh, 1998. when he did when he did Well, I hired him for it. He did did the World Cup commentary, which is the first ever commercial radio uh, national World Cup commentary, and Andy Gray... uh, commented there. He is a brilliant broadcaster and a great radio broadcaster. I think Richard Keyes um, is not so naturally a a radio broadcaster. He sounded slightly, to me, more uh, strained. But the two obviously got a good chemistry. And I think it will become a very, very strong show. So for for, for Mosdi, the the programme director at TalkSport, nice one. Maggie? Well, I'm afraid I wasn't uh, listening, but I did comment last week that I thought it was uh, probably a very sensible move for both of them, both sides, actually. Good old Mosdi. Okay, so from two Neanderthals on the radio to a couple on the telly. MasterChef is back, 
and this time it's got a slightly different format. Now, I watched some of it because I found it a bit dull. Maggie, what did I'm you afraid think? I started to watch and I then stopped watching, partly for domestic reasons, but also because I'm just sick of MasterChef, I'm afraid. I, I'm very fed up with cookery, you know, per se, on uh, television, and I just didn't want to watch it, I'm afraid. Also, there was a slight problem. There was a live Arsenal match on last night, and in our yeah. household, we are all madly, uh, well, I'm not madly, but uh, let's just say that um, there would have been complete revolt if I had uh, overruled my son. Okay. Well, Paul, did you catch any of MasterChef and do you, like Maggie, think that it's done its day? Uh, I don't, actually. I, I do like MasterChef and I don't think it's done its day and I think they've done the right thing to revive it. What's interesting, in fact, is if you watch MasterChef in other countries around the world, it's actually, in many places, more successful than here. Yeah. And the place Australia. it's really successful is yeah. Australia, yeah. where it's the number one show and where Junior MasterChef is also incredibly successful in the top ten. And there, MasterChef is this huge, big production... You know, whereas here it's always been that very cosy uh, sort of look. And I think they're moving more towards the Australian model, and that, I think, is not a bad thing. The reason why in Australia it's such a big deal is that it replaced Big Brother on the Network 10, which is one that broadcast it. So it was going to be their big Sure, sort of it's got a great show. Slot, but actually, the show is more of a spectacle. Yes. You know, it's much more of an event. The kitchen is grand. The set is grand. There's all the families involved supporting. Um, which they've and introduced quite a flavour of, of in here. the UK one. So, so I see this as being a move a bit towards the Australian model, mm. and maybe it's an attempt to try and build ratings like they have in Australia. I mean, that model does work. If you watch that Australian MasterChef, you have to say it's a different experience to hear, but it's a really good one. One of the problems I thought last night was that if they spent any time on one of the contestants, you kind of knew they were going to go through. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a bit predictable. I, I, th- I think you need a bit more jeopardy in there. And um, you know, Maggie's right. It was a little bit dull. But, but I think, think the format you know, is good. They, they've imported back into the UK Strictly Come Dancing kind of, um, you know, has become much bigger. Uh, the, last ep- the last series was mm. definitely improved by the experience, I think, of not having a very good one before and also adopting some of the yeah. tactics from uh, the American... Uh, hit so you know the, the cross fertilization is is no bad thing all right well from hit to miss and elsewhere on bbc one new controller danny cohen looks to have admitted defeat with outcasts yes. now they've messed around the scheduling of this one from the start it was on at 9 p.m on monday and then episode two was on 9 p.m at tuesday and now it's being shifted to sundays i think at 10 25 p.m four million people watching it and then suddenly a voyage to the bottom of the ratings, 2.9 million people. Do you think there's just mishandled this or was it just no, pants well, anyway? No, well, two things, really. I think it partly is pants. Uh, I, I, I did watch the first and second episode and uh, I just despaired, actually. When I saw the spaceship kind of, you know, filling the, the screen, kind of, you know, low-budget sort of sci-fi, I thought. And I'm afraid it just didn't hold me. And the collapse in ratings, it went to 2.9 uh, on Monday night. The, the embarrassment is that, of course, they have eight episodes of this. Uh, it was being billed really very strongly as almost like a sort of, um, well, I don't know, life on Mars meets, uh, you know, well, modern spooks. it was, it was spook. produced by Kudos, That's wasn't right. it? That's and, right. And, and, you know, many, it, I, I, I called it spooks in space when I first watched it because right. of the, you know, the, the familiarity yes. of, of the, um, the actors. I mean, I wrote a piece last week saying that I was very fed up with the fact fact that you know we got two short series from the BBC we only got three Sherlock four Garrow's Law uh, four Just William of the, of the sitcom over Christmas but you can actually see the other
other side of this, that if you order eight yes. and it flops, you really do have quite an embarrassing Well, um, goodness me, Paul Robinson, what experience. if we'd had to sit through eight episodes of Upstairs Downstairs? Well, I ne- never, never could. Um, but I'm a sci-fi fan, so I was Same looking here, forward yeah. to this. And uh, I must say, I think it was not as well made as it could be. The two-hour uh, opener was actually quite dreary and didn't have enough in there to really engage you. And it, it's, not, it's not good enough. It's, it's no. OK, but it's not good enough. But what I don't understand is this. Surely the BBC commissioners watched it before they scheduled it. So they should have known that putting it into the slot it was first put into was never, ever going to work because it was too big a slot. So it should either have been put onto Sunday night straight away and just had its niece audience there and stayed there or maybe gone to one of the other networks. It was never a BBC One primetime show. That's the first point. The second point is I think the BBC shouldn't really be quite so ratings-driven either. I think you know, it worries me that the BBC's messed around with this. You know, once it's made a commitment, the BBC's not about maximising ratings, and the BBC should really stick to its guns. Yeah, but they're putting a really good drama on next Tuesday, Silks, which is about life as, a, as an aspiring QC. And um, I have watched two episodes of that, and it's absolutely wonderful so I mean I, I, I do think in a way if you're going to bore the audience or you you don't really feel you've got strong enough material out of there's two arguments no, they should have watched I, I agree with but you but they should have known up front I mean that is a it's a I, lack of well, planning there I maybe, think really lack, severe lack of planning but this is of course poor Danny's inherited this hasn't he and you know but he every, scheduled it presumably he, he must have okayed yes, the scheduling yes. and that's the mistake you know yeah. it was in the, it's been scheduled in the wrong place I so toughen up Danny is that the message? Well, I mean, or just be a bit more rigorous. You know, maybe he, maybe he was being persuaded by other people around him. You know, he needs to be clear. You know, this was a mistake to schedule it in that prime time slot from the beginning. OK, enough on Outcasts. Finally, as we pod, the all-important magazine circulation figures are being released. So to cover them, this is the return of that old favourite, the Media Talk News Tombola. Oh, dear. Anyway, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the format, it's going to be very short and sharp. I'm going to call out the names of some of Britain's best-loved magazines, and Maggie and Paul are going to tell me if their circulations went either up or down during the last six months of 2010 compared with the previous period. So, ready, Maggie? I'm ready. Ready, Paul? Ready. Uh, well, OK, let's start with OK Magazine. Maggie, up or down? Up. Up. Uh, no, uh-uh. it was down 17.4%. Dear me. Oh. Okay, next one, good housekeeping. Maggie, up or down? Pass. <laughs> up. Up, correct, it's up 3.8%. Heat magazine, Maggie. Up. Down. Paul, you are correct, it was down a whopping... Oh, I'm not playing this anymore. <laughs> a whopping... Oh, come on, Maggie. It was down <laughs> a whopping 20.2%. Okay, the 19th most bought magazine in Britain, Slimming World magazine. Maggie, up or down? (laughs) Up. Up, Paul. It was up. It was up 7.3%. Okay, The Economist, Maggie. Definitely up. Definitely up. Up 11.6%. Ben 10 magazine. Oh, that's a short, yeah. Yeah, um, children's format. Ben 10, I think, is peaked and is going down. Uh, Up 11.2%. One percent, and finally, just uh, for the, all those weight intellectuals, Prospect Magazine, Maggie, up or down? New editor, up. They're, they're marketing it hard. Yeah, up. It is up. It's up twelve point three percent. Thank you very much for playing. And finally, this week, a bit of children's TV. Zuba, 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 
Rasta mouse and scratchy and zoomer, also known as the easy crew. Crime fighters, they're very special agents, playing reggae when the work is true. Yes, that's Rasta Mouse, the latest offering from CBBS, and the most talked about preschool show since Teletubbies. It tells the tale of a skateboarding, crime-fighting and reggae-playing rodent, and it's gained a cult following with the likes of Lauren Laverne, Lily Allen, and even Media Talk's resident new dad, our very own erstwhile producer, Ben. But, predictably enough, the BBC's received several complaints about the programmes that, that it stereotypes black people, and that's an issue that's been debated in the Voice newspaper. While the Mumsnet Mafia are none too impressed with the characters' patois being replicated in their kitchen diners. Maggie, you're a passionate supporter of Children's TV, and Paul, well, your MD of Kids Co. Paul, would you take it on if you were offered it at Kids Co? I think there's two points, really. The first one is, if it's a genuine portrayal of Rasta life, there's absolutely no problem. That's no different to saying Paddington Bear is very British uh, or Madeleine is very, very French. I think the issue is, if it is subject to uh, a Western skew or maybe Western prejudices, you know, and becomes almost like a Jeremy Clarkson-like view of a Rasta, that clearly is a problem and is not acceptable. But having a, a Jamaican character... Um, is fine. Reggae music, fantastic. Wearing woolen hats, fantastic. Marijuana, maybe not quite so fantastic, but there's no problem with a character if it's genuinely portrayal of a Jamaican Rastafarian. Well, marijuana is not referenced at all in the programme. Maggie, certain Jesus. adult people yes. are wondering about the constant references to cheese. Yeah, that's true. What, but it could what? just be very innocent. Well, actually, they are rats is the other thing, which is why I think that cheese might get a lot of airplay. What do you think of the program and the controversy well i actually think it's quite uh, refreshing to have a controversy like this which you know is about in a way the representation of as paul says uh, a, a, a real set of, of people and, and a culture the bbc says that um and uh, it's going down extremely well with afro-caribbean viewers with, with with and with those families which again i find very refreshing even though of course there are quite serious voices and Rastafarians and other uh, West Indian people speaking out against it. <clears throat> the Mumsnet uh, complaints, and indeed the majority of complaints of the BBC are actually about the language, which is again uh, interesting and, and it makes me, it reminds me a little bit, again you, you referred to the controversy over Teletubbies, that again a lot of those complaints were over language in a different way because parents were saying, and I remember this, I, I was writing about it for, for, you know, for a, a long period of time, that it was encouraging sort of baby talk and giggling and children would never speak properly. But in fact, children are not like that. They're just amused by yes. uh, by, by this kind of different, almost, you know, use of language. So I, I actually think it's, look, it's on at 4.40 in the afternoon. It's when kids have come home, that they're, they're relaxing, it, they're, they're, they're up for being entertained. It's puppetry. And the other thing is, so many of the recent BBC BBC shows, like In the Night Garden um, have, and Waybaloo, have had these sort of androgynous, sort of characters they're either sort of you know um you can't tell cut, what they are no or, or they're padded creatures yeah. again teletubbies so at least i know these aren't puppets 
<laughs> but they're kind of in a tradition, aren't they, of, of mice? And, yes, and, well, a basil I don't know brush, you know. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, um, I was actually thinking of Tom and Jerry. I mean, there are many well, Tom mice. Tom and Jerry was 2D cell, though. I know, yeah. I know. Do but you know we what I mean. think, Paul, that the accusations of racism or, um, you know, crude representation is overblown? I, I do. I think that um, he's the hero. I mean, that's the point. Yeah. You know, the, these mice are actually, you know, the stars. It's not as though we're saying, you know, here's a... I mean, Tom and Jerry's big problem was that the, the blacks in Tom and Jerry were always those portrayed as the servants. Yes. You know, they were the ones who may be a bit lazy or they were doing uh, menial jobs and the whites were actually the, the stars of the show. Yeah. Here, the star of the show is actually a Rastafarian. That's a very healthy portrayal. It's akin to the sort of debate you have in, in California about the Latinos. You know, there have been a whole series of shows that Nickelodeon's made where you've had uh, Latinos, Mexicans, portrayed as heroes rather than being the underdog. So I don't think there's any problem at all. I agree with Maggie about the language. Look, kids just going to find it fun. Um, the other thing about preschool, of course, is the, the access to preschool is largely about the parents. The parents will decide whether their child watches it, and therefore it's a parental decision. If the parent doesn't think it's appropriate, they can watch something else. If the parent does, it's fine. I don't think there's any problem with parents making decisions for their children. Yes, and I also rather dislike the mum's ne- prettiness about this. You know, oh, they, totally, they, yeah. I, 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 I just find myself thinking well that's all very well but they do have a very sort of particular almost niche and approach to life i find mums uh, annoying for the simple reason that they seem to think the only mothers around are people who've got very small children whereas in fact they were oh my goodness when they've grown up for 10 years when they've got teenagers mums nets kind of comments are going to sort of broaden out and change i find it prissy at the moment okay well look time's up but before we go maggie and paul Give us something juicy to go out with. What have you learnt this week, Paul Robinson? Well, I've been in uh, Lucerne this week in Switzerland at um, Cable Congress and uh, a number of very interesting presentations. The one that really got me interested was one by uh, a guy from YouTube um, who was talking about uh, YouTube and saying it wasn't a threat to the rest of the TV industry, which clearly is not the case, although uh, at the moment 97% of the TV we watch globally is actually still professionally made content as opposed to user-generating content. But what was really fascinating was um, he put up a chart showing how YouTube features as a TV network in the UK. If you measure it as a TV network, like BBC One or ITV, where YouTube features. And YouTube is currently, in the UK, the 13th top network. Wow. Heavens, that's interesting, isn't it? Yep. Should we, be, we should be trembling. Uh, Maggie, well, actually, what have you learned this well, week? Well, I've learned something which isn't very juicy, but it just interested me. We've just been talking about a brand new CBB show, but I found out that the most appreciated and regarded as the most original show last week on BBC Two was on Friday night, and it's Can't Take It With You. It's Jerry Robinson's show about families with assets and how they make wills and they have two cases per show now this is the the fourth and final episode is is tomorrow i've been hooked on it because it's been completely fresh and different it's almost like archers type families with you know four million pound farms three sons one daughter what do they do anyway it turns out that this is the show that bbc2 audiences have said is the most original and fresh and i i must admit i haven't seen anything quite like it on television before catch it tomorrow night well it sounds like we'll be getting a second series great stuff thank you maggie brown and paul robinson you'll find links to everything we've discussed at guardian.co.uk slash media talk our producer this week was pascal wise i'm stephen brook and thanks for listening for more great downloads go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio